Strategic Living with Brian Holmes, episode number 61. What you say is what you get. The power of affirmations. Welcome, everyone, to the program today. My name is Brian Holmes, and you have found the Strategic Living Podcast. We are all about transforming minds, developing leaders, awakening dreams, activating destinies, and yes, changing the world. Hey, it's our desire to see you healed, your mind renewed and transformed. Most of all, we want to see you discover all that God has created you to be and to do. We want to see you engage in life on such a level. We want to see you succeed and do well. Going to be a great program, going to be a meaty one. Let's get started, everybody. Well, as always, I'm deeply honored to have you on the program with us today. And this one is going to be something very unique and very special in that I'm going to do something on the program today I've never done before. I'm going to actually do a workshop, as it were. We're going to talk about this idea of affirmations or confessions or declarations. We're going to talk about how to take the words that you speak and literally cause things to happen. You say, that sounds sort of new agey. Well, I suppose if that's the way you want to filter it and look at it, you can think whatever you need to think. But the truth is, I'm going to show you in scripture that what you say is what you get. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. But when we confess something and believe it in our heart, the Bible tells us that that thing that we confess or affirm or proclaim or decree, it comes to pass. And today we're going to be talking about it toward the end of the program. I'm going to give you some really specific steps, kind of a workshop on how you can go through the process, the structured process of literally changing your world by speaking words speaking declarations. going to be powerful. Well, I am actually in Colorado Springs, Colorado right now at the Platform Conference with Michael Hyatt, Ken Davis, my friends Cliff Ravenscraft and Ray Edwards and so many other great friends that many of them you've heard from on this program. And I just know that uh, as I'm here today in Colorado and I'm kind of being poured into engaging in the process of, of what takes place at this great conference, I know that where you are, God's going to speak something to your life, to your heart, that will change you as well. Well, last week we talked about the power of your words, the power of your words. I truly believe that our words govern our life. They govern the direction, the course of our life. We know that Scripture told us or tells us that the the tongue is a rudder. It steers us in a direction. We also know that the book of Life, the Bible tells us that that death and life are in the power of the tongue. We know these things. And so truly what you say is what you get. So as we discussed last week, it's imperative that we turn up the volume, become aware of our words. What are we saying? What is emanating from deep inside and being expressed on the outside? What is it that we are concentrating on or focusing on, whether consciously or unconsciously, and out of that abundance of that which is in our heart, we speak things into existence, good or bad. So we have to become aware. We have to alter what we say. We have to 
as the scripture tells us, gird up the loins of our mind because our words directly impact the outcomes of our life. So as I mentioned already on today's program, I want to share with you some real, real powerful principles and a structured process I believe will radically alter your life if you can learn the art of confession and affirmation. This is going to be one of those you want to take some notes on. If you're listening while you're driving, I encourage you to listen to it now, but go back and listen to it when you can sit down, take out a notepad, and journal that which you are hearing and and really put on paper what God himself, the Holy Spirit, is bringing to your mind as it concerns you, your success, your transformation into the man, into the woman that he has created you to be. Well, today I chose a different transition because I want to spend time. We're going to be sharing with you several premises for this session. And in doing that, I'm going to be laying out the biblical principles that go with those in a way that uh, I think we need to have some more focus on. So let's begin by laying a foundation. Let's lay some cornerstones for this idea that affirmations or confessions or speaking things can actually transform our world. But before we even get to that, I want to tell you that, number one, God has predetermined your destiny. He has a predetermined plan and a vision, his vision for your life. Jeremiah 1 verse 5 says this, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I consecrated you and I have appointed you. And in Jeremiah's case, it was to be a prophet to the nations. But the principle here is very simple. Before you were ever conceived, God had just incredible, infinite knowledge of your essence and his plans and the vision he has for your life. And before you were actually born, he set you apart for that purpose. And then as you've come into this life, this natural existence that we call humanity, he has an appointment for you where you will execute and live out that very thing that he has already determined for your life. So number one, God has a predetermined plan and vision for your life. Number two, he has a complete and accurate knowledge of the plans that he has for you. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for harm, plans to give you a great future and to give you much hope. He has plans. In fact, there's not any part of the plan that he hasn't himself crafted. So he has total accurate knowledge of that which concerns your life. That's premise number two. Number three, how I see myself and what I believe to be true about myself and about my life determines whether or not I realize God's plan and agenda. So this this vision he has, the plans he has, whether or not I realize those in my life depends on how I see myself what I believe to be true about my life, about my worth, my capability, my value. Proverbs 23, 7 says, as a man thinks within himself, so is he. So what you believe to be true becomes the outcome that you experience. So premise number three, how I see myself and what I believe to be true determines whether or not I realize these visions and plans that God has for my life. Premise number four, this is a long one. 
whatever God has spoken concerning my life is his word. His word cannot lie. It is true, and it will accomplish whatever he had in mind when he said it. Isaiah 55. So my word, which goes forth from my mouth, it will not return to me empty without accomplishing what I desire and without succeeding in the matter for which I sent it. I like to say it like this. When God spoke about you, he spoke his word. And when he sends his word, it cannot return to him without having successfully manufactured or or created in, in life that which he said. His word is supposed to happen, period. Premise number five. Throughout our lifetime, the images that we have of ourselves are skewed. They're tainted. They're events, circumstances, traumatic events, traumatic things that happen, words that are spoken to us. All these things shape how we see ourselves. And these things present themselves to us in a way where it challenges the knowledge of God concerning our life. Things are erected in our mind's eye that challenge and compete with what God knows to be true. So images are going to be thrown at us. So what does the Bible say about that? Well, 2 Corinthians 10, verse 3 to 8 says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. That word, word strongholds there is so important because it is the word mindsets. We have to pull down mindsets. We have to pull down sets in our mind. We have to pull down this. We have to break up the concrete and actually relieve ourselves of certain belief systems that actually are holding us back. The scripture goes on to say, casting down imaginations or images, pictures, ideas, beliefs, and everything that exalts itself against what God knows to be true about you. That's powerful. So premise number five, throughout our lifetime, the images that we have of ourselves are skewed or tainted as events, circumstances, and experiences shape how we see ourselves. Premise number six, not all truth is equal. I must discover the truth as God sees it. Listen, when you believe something to be true, even if it's a ball-faced lie, if it's a total falsehood, if it's an absolute uh, mess of a set of facts, if you believe it, it becomes truth to you. So not all truth is equal. John chapter 8, 31, 32 says, So Jesus was saying to those Jews who had believed him, If you continue in my word, then you are truly disciples of mine, and you will know the truth, the truth, and the truth will make you free. So that's our scriptural basis, some of it. We're going to share some more scriptures as we go along here today. It is going to be a Bible-laced lesson because I believe the principles from the Word of God are profound, they are true, and they are absolutely accurate, and they give us such a strong backdrop and undergirding for principles that we must apply in our lives. So, Brian, you're talking about confessions, you're talking about affirmations, you're talking about professing things, name it, claim it, blab it, grab it, believe it, receive it. You're talking about this stuff. Uh, what's, what's that look like? Well... Depending on your reference point, depending on your particular persuasion, if you are a Christian, then we would refer to this as confessing the word, confessing anything that is truth that God has spoken concerning our life. It could be confessing scriptures from the Bible. It could be confessing what God has spoken to us in prayer. It could be confessing to us things that God has impressed on our mind or our heart as he speaks to us in various ways. 
So why is it so important to confess the word of God over your situations? Well, the Bible says faith comes by hearing and, and hearing by the word of God. So confessing the word is actually the building up of our faith. It cha- faith, by the way, is nothing more, nothing less than belief. What do you believe? So by confessing truth, the truth becomes my truth. And when I adopt the truth as my truth, then I can say to this mountain, be thou removed. Life and death are in the tongue, and you shall eat the fruit thereof. God spoke, literally, and everything that he said instantly comes into existence. He decreed a thing, and it happened. Now, here's the piece. Confessing the word's important because it's our nature to do this. You and I are made in his likeness. We are speaking spirits. (laughs) We are spirit beings who have the capacity to speak what God says. And when we speak what God says, powerful things take place. And man, there's so many examples of this in the Bible. Romans 10, 17, Proverbs 18, 21, Genesis 1, 3, Job, one of my favorite, Job 22, 28, all these different places. But let's talk about the word confession. What does confession mean, Brian? Well, confession actually comes from a Greek word, homologio, which means to say the same thing about. Now stop there for a second. Confession means to say the same thing about something that somebody else has said. You get that. So confession in this instance in scriptural terminology is not like, you know, telling everybody what you did wrong. This confession, homologio, means to say the same thing about. When you confess what God has said about you, you are in agreement with heaven, and therefore when two or three agree as touching anything, it shall be done for them. Confessing is declaring something to be true or something to be real. Now look, the conditions you find yourself in right now may or may not match what you were saying. It's not important that your circumstance agrees with what you're going to confess. I want you to hear this. It is not important that your confession is in total agreement or accurate in the context of your current circumstance. Remember this? Let the weak say, I am strong. Well, I'm weak. I should say I'm weak. Let the poor say I am rich. You get that? So it's not important that your circumstance lines up to your confession. What's important is that your confession lines up to what God has spoken about you. Very important to know this. So you may be experiencing sickness. So you can declare 1 Peter 2, 24, and you make this come alive. It says, it says and you make this Law come alive in your heart and sickness and disease can't break through it. Romans 4, 17. Do you understand? There's so many things that we can say that even though it's counterintuitive to our present moment, it is speaking something that God has said. Therefore, it causes our future to be different than our present. So confession. And I wanted to start with that one today because confession or confessing the word is something that Christians are very comfortable with. But there are two other Uh, methods or two other applications for this process. One is called affirmations. Affirmation means asserting something as being true. It also means opposed to negation or opposed to canceling something out. It means opposing being denied. Don't, you're not going to put up with being denied something. So when making an affirmation, you are not letting anything cast it out or deny you from that. In fact, uh, When you confess or affirm something, it's very important that you believe it in your heart. 
And so how do you do that? How do you believe something in your heart? Well, we talked about this a moment ago. In order to, to really believe something at a heart level, you have to believe it, believe it. Therefore, you have to feed your heart with truth until your heart believes it. Now, if I'm sick right now and I keep saying, I am well, I am strong, I am healthy, my body is in alignment. If that, Those are affirmations. Those are confessions. And I, I've got all kinds of scripture to back those up. So whether I quote scripture or whether I don't, that doesn't make it any less true. So I just keep speaking that over and over and over again. And eventually my speaking of the truth squeezes out the untruth and the truth becomes my truth. And now I literally change my circumstance. Once your heart is full of truth, then you can begin looking for those confessions or those affirmations to real, be realized and manifest in your life. Another method or another, uh, another application of this process is decrees or declarations. One definition of decree is an order having the force of law behind it. When you get to the level of decreeing, you can literally speak God's word and his will onto a situation and walk away from it knowing it's taken care of because you know that God himself is going to come back it up. So God is speaking, and when you decree something, it's like you're making a proclamation that's legal in its standing. It's, it has absolute power to move things. When you stand as proxy, God literally is using you to speak his word so that the situation has to change. Job twenty two twenty eight says this, you will decree a thing and it will be established for you. So you decree it, but God comes and makes it happen. I love that part. I don't have to make anything happen. I simply have to say what God said and decree it with authority, and God himself comes to make sure that his son, his daughter, is taken care of, and that situation's realized. You say, man, this sounds crazy, Brian. Well, remember Abraham. 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 Remember Abraham? Abram. This guy's nearly 100 years old, and God comes to him and says, you're going to have a, a son. Well, he was impotent. His wife was barren, way beyond the years of bearing him any children. And he kind of chuckles and thinks, you got to be kidding me. And in fact, the Bible, <laughs> I always chuckle at this. The Bible says that he considered his body. He, he looked at himself. He took into account the condition of the various uh anatomy issues that would have to come into play in order to make this a successful venture. <laughs> and he said, there's no way, man. But then he says he eventually, as his faith was locked into what heaven's will was, the Bible says that Abraham staggered not at the promise. He locked in. Now, here's another one for you. His belief was grounded in a place other than in the natural you cannot look at your circumstance. You cannot look at your life today. You cannot look at the factors that are playing a part maybe right now in this moment and accept those to be more powerful than the truth that God has spoken about it because you have to, you have to, you have to ground your reality in some other place. I love it when people say, well, you need to get real. That's just not reality. Well, here's the piece. What reality are you subscribing to? Are you subscribing to the reality that is your present condition or are you subscribing to the reality of what God has said is possible? You see, in Abraham's case, what God said was greater truth than Abraham's present reality. So what was Abraham's methodology? How did he go about realizing this promise? Well, the Bible says he confessed the truth as God had spoken. He affirmed, he affirmed, he affirmed, he affirmed. Unwavering, he confessed. How do I know he confessed? The Bible says he called those things that were not 
as though they were. He spoke out loud a condition that was not his present real condition. He was calling something that was futuristic into the present by way of his faith, his belief. He spoke of the future. Write this down. He spoke of the future in the present tense. Don't say, well, someday I want to be healthy and strong. No, I am strong. I am healthy. I am fully alive. And and every day I wake up with great strength and vitality and energy to go about doing what God's called. You speak it as if it's already true. Listen, your present condition does not govern your life unless you allow it to. But the words that you speak will shape your tomorrows. Abraham literally called into the present that which did not exist in the realm of possibility. He called something that was impossible, and he called it possible. Amazing. So how do we do this, Brian? How do we engage this process? How do we actually become this person who knows how to move things, change things, transform our lives by the power of our word? Well, let's look at affirmations. Let's look at confessions. Let's look at the purpose. What is the purpose of affirmations? Well, affirmations address and change patterns. They, If you're, you're in a cycle, you're in this pattern, and by confessing out loud repetitively, repetitively and consistently over time, you address false beliefs and limiting beliefs, and it changes your patterns of behavior. Affirmations or confessions literally over time reprogram the mind. Over time, they actually seed and concretize our faith, which, by the way, can, in fact, move a mountain. Confessions and affirmations bring us into alignment with the truth that is God's word concerning our life. Confessions and affirmations are simply the outward expression of an inward agreement with God concerning my life, my future, my possibilities. Affirmations, confessions, synchronize my thoughts, beliefs, my faith, my vision, and my actions. It brings all those pieces that are right now scattered everywhere. It brings them into this tremendous matrix that forms this force that actually changes things on a powerful level. So let's look at a checklist. If you're going to Dive into the world of of speaking prophetically into your future. Here are some things to consider. Well, number one, affirmations or confessions must be personal. You don't make confessions or affirmations about other people. They have to do that. But you, it's I. And I know we're taught all of our lives not to use the, the word I. But yes, it has to be about you because nothing changes until you change. So I, it starts with me, my, okay? Affirmations and confessions are always positive. For example, if I am striving to become more healthy, but yet today I'm massively overweight, I don't say, uh, you know, I want to lose a lot of weight and I want to uh, uh, not be such a pig and I want to not be uh, obese and I want to not be, not be, not be, not be. No, those are negative confessions. Even though, I guess, theoretically, you're looking to the right outcome, the words are so powerful. The words that you choose are so strategic. And so they have to be positive. I am healthy. I am strong. I am directly in line with my my BMI. My body mass index is exactly where it should be. You're speaking in positive terms always. So it has to be personal and positive. You always speak of the future in the present tense. So they have to be present tense. I have to. I don't talk about I will be. Don't no. I will be or I want to or I'm working on. No. You speak an affirmation or a confession in the context of present tense. I am. I am. 
I am, I have, I do. Okay, you you in it's present tense and you indicate achievement. I have, I am, I do. All right. No comparisons in a confession statement. For example, I am as healthy as Arnold Schwarzenegger. No, no, you don't. Listen, this is not about you, somebody else, and God. This is about you and God and his plans for your life. So you you focus on you and what God is calling you to regarding transformation. You use action words. You use emotion words. Why? It is. How many of you have ever set a goal, set a big goal, but yet you've not associated any feeling with it? Life is literally calibrated by feelings. And if I don't associate in my mind and in my heart what it's going to feel like to be healthy, what it's going to feel like to have energy, what it's going to feel like to to just be my mind be clear, I have to associate feelings with these words. So you use emotion words. Affirmations and confessions must be accurate. Don't just be all over the place. Be specific. Be very specific. Be realistic. Be balanced. And I strongly confess that most of your key and most important uh, affirmations and confessions should be kept confidential because no one's going to really agree or understand or fully comprehend or value your truth that God has brought you to the same way you will. So they must be personal, positive, present tense. They must indicate achievement, contain no comparisons. They must contain action words, emotion words. They must be accurate, realistic, balanced, and confidential. All right? So how do we do this, Brian? How do we create an affirmation? Well, here's our workshop. Here's what I want you to do, what I want you to work on. Number one, let's look at the various areas of life. you got relationships, maybe marriage, financial, health and wellness, emotional well-being, spiritual well-being. Those are the big ones. Career and business, of course, is in there. Uh, those kind of things, all right? So what I want you to do and, and you may do this while you're listening in your mind, but I'm, I'm encouraging you to take this as homework, go to the show notes for the episode and print them up and use this as a workshop for yourself. Pick just for the sake of the exercise, pick one of these areas, relationships, marriage, financial, health and wellness, emotional, spiritual, career, business. All right. Just choose one that you desire to see a change in. All right. Now I'd like you to write that down. What is the one area? Is it family? Is it career? Is it financial? Write that area down. And then I want you to write the current reality or the present state of that area. Okay, let's let's just example. Let's say it's financial. Right now I'm 40, not me personally, but I'm $45,000 in debt. Uh, I'm not making enough money every month to make ends meet or pay the bills. And I am really struggling financially. That's my current reality. All right. So my area is financial. My current reality is I'm struggling and I'm in debt, right? I've written that out now. I've, I've, I've laid it out there as a current circumstance, a current reality. The next step is I want you to record below that what is the potential loss in your life if that situation does not change. If that reality does not change and change soon, what is it going to cost you? What effect is it having on you, on your health? What effect is it having on your emotions? What effect is it having on your family? Hey, if it's a financial problem, what effect is it having on your marriage? And maybe most importantly, as far as that potential loss, what is the present, how does the present state make you feel as a man, as a woman? What are the emotions that you feel as, as a result of being right now wrapped in this reality? 
write that down. Number five, what's the vision or the desired state? What do I want? What does that area look like in God's eyes? What is God's plan for my life in this area? What has he said concerning my life? Now here, let's talk about finances. Okay, now, man, don't get me started on this. I need to do a whole podcast on biblical prosperity, and I'm going to do that. I'm going to. I'm just going to do that. Sometime in the near future, I'm going to do that. But here's the thing: finances. That's our area. Current reality. I'm. I'm struggling monthly. I have a lot of debt. It's and my potential loss is. It's costing me opportunities. It's costing me maybe my home, my car. Uh, it's affecting my health because I. I'm stressed out. I'm worried all the time. Definitely affecting my marriage because all we do is argue about money. Uh, it's affecting the way I, I respond to my kids when they need me. Uh, it makes me feel just. It makes me feel ashamed. It makes me feel worried. I'm concerned all the time about taking care of my family. Just all that, that's the potential loss. Now, the vision or desired state. I don't want to just throw out some random dream. You know, I want to live in a mansion and have four cars and two boats and an airplane. Okay, I get that. I want to tell you, though, you want to align this with the truth as you know God has spoken it. God said he's given you the power to create wealth. He has made you the head and not the tail, the lender, not the borrower. We know that the Bible says to owe no man anything. Man, I could just go on. There's so many scriptures about prosperity and about blessing. The blessing of the Lord that maketh rich and addeth no sorrow. Uh, it, the, the blessed man leaves. Blessed is the man who leaves an inheritance for his children. I could go on and on and on. So the desired state, I want to draw from what I know God believes about my financial potential. What do I want? Well, I want to be debt free. I want to have a surplus. I want to have an emergency fund set up. I want to have a retirement account set up. I want to have an inheritance fund set up for my kids, a college fund for my kids. I want. I believe God has given me the impetus and the ability to go out and create these things. So I begin to describe in this step what the vision is or the desired state is for that area that I'm going to set this affirmation for. Okay, got it? Number six, what is the why? Why do I want to change the situation? What's the personal value to me? Well, that's kind of easy. You go back up to uh, what's the potential loss and what's it costing you? How's it affecting your family? How's it making you feel? And you can just write the opposite of those things to start with, but then you start looking at the long-term benefits of shifting that and changing that scenario. And in doing that, you look at, man, I'm gonna my kid's college fund is going to be fully funded and ready to go when they want to go to school and, and be receive their education and go on with their life. I'll be in a position to help them do that. Uh, I'm going to leave an inheritance for my kids. That's going to put them in a position to do well in life, to invest in real estate, to, you know, you just begin to talk about the why. Why is it important to you that that reality must change? And number seven, this is the one. So you've done all this work now. You have picked your area. You have described the current reality. You have described the potential loss, what it's costing you, how it's affecting you. Then you've come behind that and you've described the vision or the desired state. What do you want? What does it look like? Describe it in detail. And then you've described your why. Why is it important to you that this situation change? What's the value? How does it affect your life if this changes? And you take all that data and then you begin to write a statement that identifies the truth as God sees it. For example, let's say one, you're in debt. Two, you are struggling with monthly income. And three, it's affecting your ability to love your family and be connected to them in a healthy way. So here's, here's three affirmations I might write based on all the things we've just gathered. Let's talk about the debt, the debt stuff. I feel relieved and empowered as I am debt-free and owe no man anything. I own my home, I own my, my cars, and I have positioned myself 
to purchase whatever I need to purchase or whatever, something like that. Okay, It's an I am statement. I feel and I have and I am. Let's talk about the, the month-to-month stuff. By tapping into my creativity, I have sought out and earned more money than I've ever earned before on a monthly basis. And now, not only can I pay my bills each month, but I have a surplus. My relationships. Having paid off all of our debt and secured our month-to-month expenses, my wife and I thrive as we are stress-free, we are worry-free, and we have much joy about our future. You see how that works? You write a post, you, you speak of the future. Right now, it's not your situation. It's not where you are. But you're speaking about the future in the present tense as if it's already happened. Give some examples, okay? These are some examples. I won't even tell you who they're from. They might be from me. I'm not sure. These are some that I've used over the years. I'm a powerful and effective communicator, and I find extreme pleasure in seeing the lives of people change because of my work. And this is about my vocation, my career, my work. I'm extremely qualified and competent as I lead thousands of people all over the world. And I feel a sense of, I feel, get that? I feel a sense of pride and confidence knowing that I have the power to positively affect the lives of generations. Now, some people who are, especially Christians, have a hard time speaking like this because they think it's arrogant or proud. It's not. You are agreeing with God, what God believes about you. I'm simply affirming what he has already said about me. Not, I don't go around touting this to everybody. These are things that I am affirming because I want these things to be my belief system. Why would I want to believe that about my ability, my competencies? Because I don't want fear. I don't want uh, a poor self-worth or self-esteem or anything like that to get in my way of doing what I was created to do. Therefore, I'm going to affirm what God has spoken about me. What about my marriage? Well, I possess the ability and the heart to love my wife with my entire being, and I successfully make her feel as if she is the most important part of my life. How about just some random personal things? I am worthy and accepted as a person. I am appreciated and loved by those who know me and whose lives I touch. Why is that important to me? I'll tell you why it's important to me, because I struggle with that. I wonder sometimes if I'm appreciated. I'm just being honest, being transparent with you. So that's an affirmation that, that I feel like the Holy Spirit had me to, to pin so that I could affirm what he knows to be true about me. Here's another one. Because of my commitment to myself, I take time for me achieving the rest, rejuvenation, and relaxation. I need to be the most powerful me I can be. Another one, I awaken early every morning, full of life and energy, and ready to invest time into the development of my greatest potential through reflection, prayer, forethought, and study. My dreams are valid and attainable, and I have the power and ability to find and develop the resources needed for them to become a reality. Here's some spiritual ones that I wrote some time ago. I actively engage with God on a daily basis through prayer, meditation, and focused time spent with Him and in His Word. Every day I grow closer to him and become more like him. I am a powerful son of God, chosen by him, affirmed by him, and empowered by him to change my world. Here's some I wrote for education. I am an avid learner, constantly striving to gain knowledge and understanding in all areas, especially those that equip me to fulfill my destiny and purpose in life. I'm constantly seeking new avenues of information and knowledge, and I'm dedicated to honing my ability to teach, to train, to mentor, and to disciple those with whom I come in contact with. Here's a financial one. I have an incredible ability to attract money, favor, and unusual gifts. People are regularly moved to bless me and to give to me in some way. Here's a real specific one. 
At 50 years old, I have accumulated over $2 million in net worth, and I have an income of over a half a million dollars per year. One more in the financial area. Because of God's blessings and favor, my wife and I are able, to, Sabrina and I are able to give over 30% of our gross income to ministries, missions, and charities all over the world. Wow. Here's one that I recently added. I'm not sure if you'll even understand this, but it came as a result of a great experience that I had with a group of men a couple of months ago on a retreat. And as I came away, this is the declaration that, that was, I guess, conveyed to me. I am a great champion. When I run, the ground shakes. The sky opens and the saints part, clearing my way to victory. Where I will cast my crown at Jesus' feet and Father himself will place a robe of glory on my back. I am a great champion. When I run, the, when I run the ground shakes. You see how this works? You are simply speaking the truth as God sees it. And I'm telling you, your words can radically change your life. So one more time, the steps. Identify the major areas in your life, the ones you want to work on. Choose one of them. Now, eventually you can add more affirmations to different categories. But for right now, for the exercise, just choose one. Number three, describe what's the current reality or present state of that area. Number four, what's the potential loss? What's it costing you? What's the effect on you and your family? How does it make you feel? Number five, what is the vision or desired state for that area? What do I want? What does it look like in God's eyes? What has he said concerning this area of my life? Number six, what is my why? Why do I want to see this area change? What's the personal value to me? How does it affect my life, my loved ones, my destiny, my legacy if I accomplish this change? And number seven, take that data and write statements. Write them. Remember, remember this, personal, positive, present tense. They indicate achievement. They're not comparing you to anybody else. They have action words, emotion words. They're accurate. They're balanced. They're realistic. They're confidential. Remember that. Write the statements out. Ladies and gentlemen, I believe with all of my heart that what we say is what we get. You've heard the term self-fulfilling prophecy. I believe in that. I believe that literally what I say, Scripture is very clear. The tongue is the rudder of life. It is has the capacity to shape your future in a beautiful way. It has the capacity to destroy you. What you say is what you get. And I encourage you to harness the power of your words. I encourage you to learn how to intentionally and strategically shape your tomorrows based on what God has said about you. It will change your life. It Well, if you'd like to comment on this episode, I encourage you to go to brianholmes.com forward slash zero six one go to the show notes for the episode scroll down to the comments section and we'd love to hear from you your comments your questions your ideas maybe some techniques you've used in affirmations and by the way i didn't mention this a while ago but i encourage you once you've written these affirmations to first thing when you wake up in the morning go through them out loud at lunchtime go through them out loud at dinner time go through them out loud Repeat these over and over and over again until they become your belief. Well, go to the show notes and engage with us there in conversation. Well, a couple things I want to ask you to do too. Subscribe to our weekly updates if you haven't done that. We're constantly putting out great information, certainly about the blog post and the podcast and Monday Mastery videos, things of that nature. 
I encourage you also to subscribe to the podcast in iTunes. If you have time and you'd be willing to, rate the podcast and leave a review for us. That really helps us to get the word out. And most of all, man, share this with somebody you love. Share this resource with someone that you believe it would be a blessing to. Well, I trust something we've shared today has challenged you to go to the next level in your life. We want to see you transformed in every way. Until next time, remember this. You are made in his image, designed for a purpose. You are destined for greatness. The entire world is waiting for you to become all that God has created you to be and to do. Until next time, God bless. We'll see you back here next week. 